Roy Hargrove for me, um, he helped my scatting out. Now, I grew up in a household of music all my life and heard all these lines. But coming across Roy Hargrove's, I realized I could scat listening to his solos. I just, I just loved how soulful he was. Um, and his writing and the, and the musicians that he picked in the band. And I, was, I, I moved to New York in 96 to go to the new school. And I listened to his album heavily. And for some reason, all the lines that were in my head, and then after listening to him, everything came together. Not only his solos on the album, but everybody else on the album. Antonio Hart, uh, Branford, Mark Carey, Rodney Whitaker. Um, and it, 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 it's just, Rory for me was a direct lineage from Miles Davis, Lee Morgan, Clifford Brown, Freddie Hubbard. He is from, I will, I am not afraid to put myself out there. Roy Hargrove is directly from those ancestors, period, end of discussion. And, not, and also, Rory became the trumpet player that you had to go through. When you were young at the time, you had to listen to Roy. Um, he also involved in a lot of hip-hop and R&B. Yeah, the R.H. Factor. Yeah, the R.H. Mm. Factor. D'Angelo. D'Angelo, uh, Erica Badu, Jill Scott, that whole crew. Um, and that was kind of revolutionary in a way. I mean, other people did it like Bramford was doing it, but I don't know, Roy put it in, I think, put it into motion like everybody else a lot of people were doing it yeah that's so-called not famous but i will give credit yeah, to roy that really helped that out you know and the new the new so-called jazz that's going on you know people that's hip-hop third generation second third generation hip-hop we grew up to hip-hop but we learned how to play jazz the original way through the masters but and we start mixing that stuff up together, you know, you, you have Roy, you have Omar, you have Solomon, Kevin, you have, uh, what's my, what's their brother from Chicago? Um, Michaela, mm -hmm. uh, Michaela McCraven. Oh yeah. Uh, you you have nice. Kamasi Washington. Yeah. It's a new sound out here now. You know, we're hip hop heads, but we're on our guard. We're, we're the whole society of jazz and we're putting it all together. Roy is one of the people that helped make that happen. Yeah, I definitely, know? definitely see yeah. that. And so, yeah, I've talked to other trumpet players, you know, that are 30-something years old or 40 that hadn't listened to the old cats yet. They heard Roy first. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, wow. I've talked to a couple of trumpet players like that, and then they went back and listened to the classic trumpet players. Okay. Yeah. Omar, what can you say about um, Roy Hargrove on your style and things like that, being a trumpet player? I was influenced by him. I met him at the Dakota maybe yeah. 20 years ago. Wow. My dad brought me there. and Not a lot of young black musicians here mm -hmm. growing up on the scene that have a high level of integrity and skill in this music. And mm -hmm. when I saw him, he just blew me away because of the the level of musicianship and musicality and dedication and 
and just his soul. I remember him talking to, about you know some people can play flashy things and dazzle you by their technique, and some people can play one note and bring tear to your eye. Yeah, and he he'll reach he'll reach you on a, a spiritual level that you just feel it. You know, even though I feel he had both, he could dazzle you with his technique and fly around the horn, but he also could play something sweet and just something that just touches you. So I noticed that from the beginning when I heard him, you know, later on I ended up moving to New York and seeing how he dealt with the New York community was amazing to me because he would be playing at the Village Vanguard, you know, a two-week stretch, you know, from whatever, eight to midnight, and then he will go out and hang on the scene hmm. with all the cats until five in the morning every night mm-hmm. just playing. And that love for the music he had and to share the knowledge he had and the language. He studied the history of the music, but he also brought his own thing. It wasn't like a copy. I know some people will study the masters and you hear him. It's like, oh, he sounds just like mm-hmm. Freddie Hubbard or he sounds just like, you know, Pops. But when he came, you know, he transcended what they had and, and brought something new to it. And that's just inspired me a lot. Just. Yeah, seeing that in person. You know? That's like that always continually moving forward. Is that yeah. kind of what really defines you know those the milestone artists and definitely Roy Hargrove was one of them. So can you guys tell me a little bit about the tribute show? I know that it's December eighteenth, which is this coming Tuesday, yes. and it starts at uh, seven p.m. Who's all on the bill? Who's going to be? Uh, so this. Well, can I say one thing? Oh yeah, go oh, ahead. Yeah. yeah, Solomon Parham. He called me. In the mm-hmm. beginning, when he came came to his mind that he wanted to do it, and uh, you know, I just wanted to say a little history on him and Roy Hargrove. He met Roy Hargrove when he was sixteen at a record store in in Detroit. That's where uh, Solomon's from. Okay, and he's had a relationship with Roy pretty much the whole time until his passing. So mm-hmm. that's that's one of the other trumpet players besides myself is Solomon Parham from from Detroit. Okay. Yeah, it was actually Solomon's idea because he texted me one morning that he had already talked to Omar and Adam Meckler, who's the third trumpeter. Mm -hmm. And I saw the text. And then later that day, well, I texted him back and said, I'm down. And so, but later that day, I was leaving work. I was leaving Walker West. I said, you know what? I'm going to call Lowe. This needs to happen. Yeah. Because he had a a relationship with Minnesota and the Dakota. Yeah. I'm not going to get into detail, but uh, matter of fact, the first time I saw him was at the old Dakota. Yeah, and that's, and this is, yes. And, in Bandana Square. Yep. And they were doing New Year's. It was Debbie Duncan's group, and then it was Roy, like two years in a row. Wow. And by the way, Debbie Duncan's going to be at the show. Going to be at the show. And Justin Robinson's will be there. Yeah. Um, but every time Roy came to town, Debbie sat in. And so this yeah. had to happen. Wow. And so I told Lo, that's what basically what I told Lo. I said, this has to happen, man. We all know the history with Roy and the Dakota. I'm not going to name any names. They were talking about another venue. I'm like, no, it cannot be the uh, another venue. Yeah, it has be. to be at the Dakota. And I was the one that called, made the call, and then I called Solomon. I said, dude, I call Lo. <laughs> Let's do this. And then and, um, Solomon just so happened it just got off the phone with Justin. And we made it all happen. We have Jeff Bailey on bass, who I've been performing with forever. We're in Mississippi together. 
movable feet. We've been playing together on 25 years. And then we have, just look out for this piano player, Kaviesh. Uh, he's will be yeah. graduating. Oh, I know. I've Matter seen of fact, play. he's coming to town this weekend, actually. So yeah, uh, look out for him. He's moving back here from Chicago okay. this weekend. So he'll be playing piano. Yeah. Um, I'm going to add to what Omar said. Living in New York, and I, I used to hang out with um, Roy also. Uh, I met him through Rodney Whitaker, one of his bass players, which was one of my dad's students. Out of all the legends up to day or at that time, you saw Roy the most. Okay. Yeah. He was at not just one jam session. He was at all of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Some, some cats only picked one spot, and that was it, or you wouldn't see him at all. Roy was everywhere. That's what I loved about Roy. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's, that's what I, he was just real. Okay. You know, he was he was just real about it. And that's what I loved. And somebody, we needed somebody like him, like him in jazz. Yeah. You know, I like when he wasn't playing on a stage. He was in the corner clapping his hand and <laughs> moving. And I was like, thank you, Roy. You know, and so. He just had that vibe. <laughs> yeah. Also for the young people, because even the way he dressed. Yeah. Like he addressed. And his spirituality. Yeah. There's one thing, like Omar said, to have. Oh, yeah. I know how to play this. I know how to play jazz. But if the spirituality is not there, you're not saying nothing to me. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Roy spoke to me because of that. He had that spirituality. He had the whole, I call it the Holy Ghost. Yeah. But that's how he looked at it, too. He yeah. said, he's a vessel. Mm. He said, I don't do anything. This comes from the creator. And mm. I just try to be open and, and honest. It's like a divine inspiration in his eyes. And I feel that's the reason why you feel that. Celebrating the life of Roy Hargrove on uh, December 18th at the Dakota Jazz Club. Shows at 7 p.m. Kevin Washington and Omar Abdul Kareem. Kevin, I know that you have a song picked out from Roy Hargrove that we're going to end the hour on. Yes, uh, this song will be done. Uh, we're going to play Strawberry St. Denis. It's a mixture of the hip-hop and some jazz and what he's all about, the spirituality. Mm -hmm. 